Hello YouTube, my name is Ricardo and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to the new season of Skate Talks and now we are in a different format. If you remember, the Skate Talks used to be some kind of a podcast that I used to do on YouTube and it would also be in other podcast platforms but it was mainly phone calls it was mainly done on calls through Skype, WhatsApp, Facebook and somehow I kind of felt like it was getting out there so it's been a few months without me doing a skate talk the last skate talk that I've done it was with Brian Erigan and I didn't think I would top it. So there's also other podcasts, other podcasts about inline skating out there. You got Back to Blading doing a really cool podcast. And of course, you need to mention the Jump Street guys, the Jump Street podcast. They're doing a really amazing job. And I kind of felt that it wasn't making that much sense for me to keep doing it. So I basically shifted to putting a little bit more effort into my videos on this YouTube channel. But things are changing. Basically, since I moved to Portugal, I actually created a little studio, just like I did in South Africa. But being in a country like Portugal, where tourism is growing day by day, I ended up realizing that I would have a lot of visits. So this is exactly what this new season of Skate Talks is going to be. Basically, I'm gonna get guests every now and then I'll get guests through my house. So when I got some guests that we both think it will be interesting to do a podcast or a Skate Talk or whatever we want to call to this, well, we'll make one. So that's exactly what this is. And today we got one of my youth heroes, we got Mr. Tom Alquist from Denmark. But let me just stop with this and let me show you what happened. So. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if anyone watching this don't know who Tom is, basically Tom for me is like a youth hero. So when I first started skating, he was like pro ferocious and like one of the first videos that I saw was Oaks 2 but like right after that Oaks 3 came out and Tom was one of the guys on Oaks 3 so we're gonna talk a little bit about all that stuff yeah. OG stuff <laughs> first yeah. what are you doing in Portugal I'm on holiday with my family <laughs> yeah just a regular summer holiday cruising cruising around Portugal trying to experience stuff, meet people, and as always, I try to incorporate meeting someone from the Blade family, like call somebody and say, hey, can I stay at your house for a few days, <laughs> like uh, old skaters always done, but I try to keep it a tradition also within my family to share the Blade family and just get out there and still hear and see what's up, you know what I mean? It, it is cool because like, I always feel like that like your families somehow don't understand 
how was it when you used to skate because it was such a long time ago that you used to be like really really deep in yeah. it that they have no idea what you actually went through so it's just like a yeah like my a, son is like always asking when when i come out and i meet a guy like you and he sees that you are excited to meet me and we talk about all kinds of stuff so we have always ask questions you know like oh, what was it like did you write autographs when you were younger <laughs> and did you did you actually win contests and stuff like that and did you? He, yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> no but okay so let's let's start but, let's go but back. my family has no idea like what i what i do i have scrapbooks and old video clips that he's seen and stuff like that but he can't relate you know he's nine years old so he's so, he's starting to to actually realize what what went on when i was a young man i have an idea let's maybe do something for your son now okay so <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna go back to the beginning and we're I'm gonna sorry for all the sweat because i was just out skating so <laughs> it's 10 it's 10 p.m and We'll get there. We'll get there. It's it's better. It's 10 p.m. and I can just tell that he was skating and he's excited. But yeah. before getting there, let's let's go to how this should have started. Tom, how did you start? How did you got into skating? <laughs> okay, how did I get into skating? Where you got far? You got far from the mic. Um, I got into skating in 1984 on roller skates, quads, and at the local like playground park there was a bunch of skateboarders back then who built a jump ramp and i showed up with my roller skates and i thought that was that that looked fun okay but you're telling me that you started in 84 jumping but you started skating before or i don't know it was like uh, i started skating went to the park i saw skateboarders jump and i thought that looked fun so i started jumping the jump ramp you know Awesome. And it didn't go long until we started putting the jump ramp up a few stairs, you know, on the on the path to make an even bigger jump, you know, and we started breaking our stuff and had to go home to my mom and ask for more for skate. better skates, you know, and need stronger skates because they were keep kept breaking the trucks and the base plate and so yeah, it's funny because we were talking about this, like you guys don't know, but like we were talking about this like two days ago because Tom got here. I'm, we're, I'm living in Sinish in like in a small town in Portugal and Tom is like just like he said in holidays and he's cruising on the way to the Algarve, which is a common destination mm -hmm. and he stopped by. So we're just staying for a few days. He's staying for a few days. But one of the first days when we thought about making this podcast, we spoke a little bit about it and you started telling me this and then I asked you, yeah, so if you've been skating for all that time, for how long is René Ulgren been skating? And you yeah. actually told me that you're skating for long, like you were skating before him, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember him entering the Danish roller skating scene in like 88 when I was in the roller skating scene for three, four years. And he came in and he just busted out. I can I remember like the... Like the first, I, th I think the first time Rene came to a half pipe, he dropped in and made an invert, you know, like uh, <laughs> within like 15 minutes. And so he was like a natural. But was he doing any sport or? I think he used to do trampoline and like, uh, what do you call that? Like uh, diving in the swimming pool, you know, like. Uh, uh. So he had like the gymnastic and flip. Yeah. On the, flip on the con body control. And body control and all the flips and that was really good. 
I remember him and I was like kind of sketchy, like, whoa, who's this guy, you know? Because <laughs> I had like older, older roller skaters than him that was my heroes, you know? So he came there and beat everybody and I was like, oh, felt kind of weird, you know, beating my heroes. So when you started yeah. skating in, in Denmark, there was already a lot of people roller skating or you were kind of like... Yeah, there was a lot of people roller skating. Like the, uh, there was a guy called Thomas Vest who was the, the guy who built the ramps when I was a kid. He built the first half pipe by the sports, uh, sports center by in my part of town. And he was the half pipe Danish champion of 1981. 1981. And yeah. was there a lot of people competing or just... Yeah, like, like no, not a lot of people. Like it was maybe like uh, 15, 20 or something like that, you know, but... Uh, That's But he was like the champion. I remember he was my, it my is childhood really, hero. It is really weird for me, and that's what, another thing that we were talking the other day. Because I started skating like really early. I started skating when I was two and a half, but like just skating yeah. flat, you know. For me to start skating ramp, it took like twelve years. Yeah. But on in during those twelve years, I skateboarded a lot in ramps and yeah. all that. And the reason why I didn't use inline or roller skates wasn't because I wasn't skating it was just because I didn't I don't know somehow it never came through my head that I could use it yeah. for that so I was just like okay I skateboard and then yeah. I'll speed skate on the on the roller skate so when I first saw it on TV I'm like wow that's amazing I want yeah. to do that maybe I should have seen you guys earlier yeah. that's yeah but we did that like yeah mid 80s remember my first drop in on the half pipe Was it a half pipe with no platform and no coping, just a two by four on the top? And, and how, did you, how did you? How would you go up? <laughs> you would climb up a ladder on the back, or you would try and skate up and sit on the edge. And if you would want to learn how to do a drop in from standing position, you would be like standing, like crouched down with both hands on the two by four. <laughs> like squatting. Yeah, squatting with the uh, with the quads on the two by fours, you know. And you would stand up and just lean over, you know, and just and roll down, you know. It was like a three meter ten half pipe with no platform. Quads, no, no blocks, quads. or with blocks back then. It was like a transition period. I think I learned it with no blocks, and then I saw the older guys who had blocks, so I, I did that. You know? Did they used to make them? Because we're talking like for some guys watching this that don't know, like on roller skates, especially nowadays on quad skates most of the people that are grinding they need to use something like kind of like a grind block of course in between yeah. like in between wheels because otherwise it's such a deep groove that when you try to grind you get stuck yeah. on the trucks and especially if the ramp doesn't have a tabletop yeah. it would be really easy for yeah. the whole truck to get stuck and just face yeah, but we would take um, I don't even know what they call that part on the skateboard like the plastic piece that they put On the, between the truck and the board mm -hmm. back in the day like the square piece ah oh, the little uh, bash um, truck bash or something like that I don't remember what it was called the like little the, thing that was like 45 to, degrees no not, not in the 45 degrees like there, there was a square thing that fit under the base plate of the skateboard truck okay oh I know to raise the skateboard a little yeah, bit more yeah, off the I know road. exactly you would take two or three of they those they still use and that it's a base it's a track a truck they, base they still use that yeah maybe they do yeah. but we would take two or three of those And then take some uh, of the plastic rails from skateboards and cut them into small pieces and we would drill them into the... Put back then we would use the sure grip base plate. That was like the, the best 
It's still, and, a lot of people still yeah. use the sure grip yeah, like, okay. nowadays. But that was it. Like, I remember it being a crazy project. I grew up alone with my mom. So just getting like a, a hand drill with a metal uh, drill, you know, to go through the base plate. Well, I remember it being a crazy project, you know, like learning by doing, you know. My mom would say, yeah, go for it. You know, I can't help you. <laughs> and, and I would just sit there in my room trying to drill a hole in it. And back then, like, I have no idea, man. I seriously have no idea. I know that nowadays, Denmark, like people in general have like, people can afford living. Yeah. But how was it? Was it the exact same when you grew up in Denmark? Was like, was it easy for people to just could people like afford to buy skates? Oh, I'm not, at least I couldn't. Like I like I said, I grew up alone with my mom on a single income, and I didn't get new skates when I needed it. You know, so it was like a gaffer and a couple of screws, and like you would yeah. make the best of what you got. You know, so. It was all do it yourself, build your skate. You would build everything yourself because nothing was pre-made. And for how long did the, the quad thing took until you made a transition to inland skating? I transitioned to inland skating in maybe the winter of 94. So that was like how long after? Like you started with, you said like 84, so that's like 10 that's years. So it's like 10 years on So you were 10 years on quads. Yeah. Were you doing flips and shit? Yeah, I was in like the... Danish championship in halfpipe in 92 or something like that. Did you ever won? No, no, I came like uh, six or seven or like that, something like that. But I, I have the first contest diplomas where I won a contest. It's like from 88, where I win the mini ramp spine contest. Could you do like... I was doing 360s over like spine. the spine boxes and there was like a awesome. inverts over the spine and stuff like that. Could and you do like twists? <laughs> I could never do a McTwist. I never, I never was really good at the McTwist. I didn't never really figure out how to throw it until like later with inline skates and I could do it on the mini ramp and stuff. Could you McTwist on the mini ramp? Oh yeah. You just throw it, you know, you just land 720 McTwist and stuff like that. Yeah, that's easier. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah, it is. It's like doing a misty flip uh, along the ramp, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the make this 540, somehow yeah. I always hit the coping, yeah. like even on the 540. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, but I, I was really scared of the mech twist back in the day because I, I had a few incidents where I tried to do it, but I landed on my shins on the platform and exactly. I would bounce out into the flat, you know. <laughs> and on the verge. I don't want to do that too many times, you know. No, it's not for me. <laughs> like, I've tried it a few times, even the one with the end, I don't know the name of it. L540 invert, we used to call that. Or the egg, is that the eggplant? What's the eggplant? No, the eggplant is kind of a... I it's more like a like layback lay yeah. where you yeah, throw like it this, and it's like a loop layback invert or something yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. Renny used to do that. But yeah, anyway, he has yeah. like a... He, he you were talking about the transition from inline skates to... Yeah. How did that thing from road skate to inline skates? Because I became really good friends with Rene, and he kind of took me under his wing from a pretty young age. You know, we're always when I was probably like 15 or 16. But was he younger than you? No, Rene is like six or seven years older than me. Yeah, he'll be 15 next year. That's year after. so yeah. sick. I can, I can. Yeah, so he was older than me, and he would yeah he would bring me along to contests in Germany and stuff like that. But he he went to Germany and. Titus was the distributor of... Titus, for those that don't know, there's like a, a protection company called TSG. 
Okay. It's it means Titus safety gear. Yeah. Titus is like the it's a, a really famous skate shop in Germany. Yeah. And they used to be the distributor of Rosa skates in northern Germany, and he would go to a contest down there on his his roller skates. And Titus gave him those skates and said, hey man, you need to transition because it's the future. And Rene came home to me and said, hey dude, you need to transition because it's the future. You know? <laughs> I need to pause there. Wait, I need to pause before you go to that. And I, like if I, I didn't even hear what you said after because you just said the northern, the northern Germany distributor. That means like there was like a distributor for roses just for the north of yeah. Germany and another one for the south. Yeah. That's how big it was. Like Titus was in the north and Seiko was in the south. And I think like during the, the, the height of inline skating in the mid late 90s, I think Seiko got the total distribution for the whole country. That's great. But in the beginning, they, it was split between the two, I think. At least that's how I remember it. Yeah, because th back then it was yeah. like there was Germany. There was no more West and East Germany. There was Germany. Yeah, it was all Germany. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's why I'm like, the sport was that big to yeah. have like a North and a Southern distributor. Yeah. But like then Rene got back home and he gave you, he had other... He had a pair of Rosas skates like before they, before it was the lowrider and all that. They had a model that looked pretty much the same. You know, I think it was called a Moscow or something like mm -hmm. that. And he had those, and then he had another pair of like a Bauer fitness skates, and he said, "Yeah, use that, you know." Yeah, we need to transition. I need yeah. a body to do it with yeah, me, so you do it. Yeah, you do it with me. And I put him on in the Slales indoor skate park back then. It was like the only indoor park on the island that Copenhagen is on. Like it's called Sealand. So we would go there. I would try those skates. I would do a a sit, sitting drop in. And I <laughs> Did you have a tabletop already? Ten years later. Yeah, then there, there was both, both coping and tabletop at that time. <laughs> I would do a drop in, and I had no control, so I just went like uh, off the ramp because I couldn't go straight. I had the, there was no feeling, you know. So I ended up crashing off the ramp, and I said, "Oh, I'm never gonna do that again." I don't know what you're thinking. I don't want to skate those bullshit, days. you know. You think I'm a lycra guy, you know? <laughs> so, but it took me some time and Rene got some new skates. I got his old skates and then I transitioned like completely into inline skating and it didn't take long. Then Rene went to California and met up with all the Daily Bread crew and stuff like that. And he came home and told me, hey dude, man, look at this. Look at the hoax one and look at Mad Beef. You have to do the rail. I'm like, yeah, let's go do it together. No, 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 I, I, it hurts it's not too for much. Me. I got a haircut. I'm, I'm five years older than you. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 it's not for me. I'm going to show you how, and then you do it. You know, I'm gonna, no, not even show you. I'm going to tell you how, and then you do it. I'm going to tell know. you what they do. And, yeah, then. Yeah. and he would bring his camera. And like, I have a lot of old photos from the first like session I went with him, learned to jump on the rail, and he would take a lot of pictures and we would go from rail to rail just to do the rail, you know, and with soul grind all of them or front side, you know. Did, did you also like soul grind? Because the from the front side to the soul was completely different because front side mean commitment. Oh, yeah. And soul back then, everyone would do the first, the end soul. Oh, yeah, then you would hand up in the uh, beginning. Or you put uh, the end on the shoulder. But for a front side, there's yeah. no shit like that. Yeah, just go. Yeah. And with aluminium frames, huh? Yeah, with aluminium frames. There's even there's an old picture in, uh, there's an old picture in locals only 
in Daily Bread. Do you remember that section where you could yeah. submit photos to yeah. get him in? Like Rene, he sent like a photo of me to Daily Bread. I yeah, put this in, you know, and yeah. There is a locals only where I think both me and John Julio are like in that, you know. Still, yeah. still like the amateurs. Yeah, yeah still the ams, you know. But and then like it took a few years until it. Did you start competing right away, or I was the? Yeah, but I was always competing, like even when on yeah, the prize. Yeah, but, uh, you know? but you, you once you transitioned, you started competing on inland skates right away, or you? Yeah, you, pretty much because it was like over like in the, I think end of '94. I transitioned completely, and in the winter or spring of '95, I went to Mönchengladbach for the European Cup in bowl and halfpipe. And it was like a crazy punk party, you know, beer everywhere and people skating and crashing. And I was drunk and crashed and couldn't skate the competition. <laughs> but uh, and Rene won everything, you know, both the both the bowl and the halfpipe. Uh, yeah, it was that we were talking about it the yeah. other day too, and it's like. There used to be like this TV show. There was two action sports TV shows. They used to be called Radical Sports. But anyway, two action sports TV shows in Portugal. And they somehow always had like stuff about, they always have pieces about like what was happening everywhere. Yeah. So for me, now in Sinish, like I got back to my to the place where I grew up so my parents had all my boxes and all that yeah. stuff and you saw what's behind this yeah, wall yeah. right <laughs> you guys know <laughs> crazy <laughs> collection <laughs> I have way too yeah. many skates like from when I grew up and now like some older stuff and like all my tapes I used man I'm from a small town I'm addicted to skating but I've been addicted to skating for way too long so yeah. every time there was something on TV there was instructions in my house if something plays, you press the rack yeah. <laughs> right away. There's yeah, no course. way. And I used to record everything. So I, I have all these tapes still. I need to. Wow, one, of the, one of these days, yeah, I'll yeah. find your stuff yeah. from that event. Yeah. So then after that event, once you got better after your injury. Yeah. Yeah, but then we didn't really go anywhere. Then there was like the Danish championships. And there was like the, uh, there was a few years where Morten Engmark was a, uh, Old, old school big figure in roller skating and inline skating in Copenhagen. He, mm -hmm. he put up a contest called Cool Runnings, which was like the biggest contest back, in, back then in Northern Europe, you know. A lot of people came, a lot of skaters came. Was, and uh, back then, the skateboarders and the roller skaters, they used to go along really good or it was... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of weird because... Of, we got along, but it's, there was always like the, you're not really a part of it, you know. But from them or yeah, from, from the you? skateboarders, you know, because yeah, you just, uh, just, they just felt like we were below them, you know, like today, I think. Like, I don't think the mentality changed that much. But it's, you know, the other day I saw something in a Portuguese website was uh, like in a Portuguese, not website, some old Portuguese pro skater. Um, that posted something about let's not forget. He was they were complaining about skating being in the Olympics and the skating federation is the the skating the Portuguese skating federation is the one in charge of the skateboarding. So they were freaking out and then they were just saying let's not forget that skateboarding start with broken skates. Yeah. That's they still like the mentality yeah. for me. It's like really so what. Like, that just means that without us... You wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just... Yeah. 
So I don't think they're. Ah, we, I got a lot of shit when I was a kid roller skating in Copenhagen. I beat up some skateboarders and shit because they just were missing around. So but yeah. now this changed, man. Oh, yeah, it changed a lot, but they. It's just because the segregation is even bigger than it was back then. I think it's maybe because a lot, now there's a lot of the people that use roller skates are girls. So they somehow accept the girls differently from the guys. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they I do. don't really know yeah. why, but I know that one of the last times that I was in California, I was able to skate like a ball that I don't think I would ever able to 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 skate yeah. to be able to skate on inland skate i think it's, it's called san pedro ball i think now they're like changing it like the one under the bridge yeah. and that would on inland skates i wouldn't be able but i was with with the roller skate girl and i was on roller skates and so now, yeah. they were super welcoming man yeah, they're like cool. yeah but usually they're welcoming but when you talk to them you know but you <laughs> wouldn't talk you'd be like <laughs> they would never stand up for you in any way you know yeah, yeah. Like the Copenhagen skate park, inline skaters and roller skaters can come every Wednesday and skate with the skateboarders that is also there, and they have priority, you know. Yeah, but the, yeah, we also had a yeah. conversation. You were telling me that they, the skateboarders can go there every single day. Oh, yeah, they can go there all the time. <laughs> but you can come on the evenings, or yeah, yeah now just Wednesday evening. <laughs> I never went. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna go there. Because I have a lot of friends who was part of that, you know, creating the skate park and they wanted our support to to fund the shit, you know. They want us to sign the petition for the government and all that shit, you know. And we were like, yeah, sure, man, we want a skate park. And then they, they got everything they wanted and they told us we couldn't be there. Okay, you know? now you can come on Wednesdays evening. And now you can come on Wednesdays. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, I'm not going to come and not feel welcome just make a shirt fuck wednesday yeah fuck wednesday <laughs> and i see all the new kids going there every wednesday and i feel feel sad for them and i feel a little sick you know because i i kind of hate it you know yeah but at the same yeah. time i also understand that they want to skate so yeah, like they, they take the opportunity yeah. but I, I, at the same time i, I get your side yeah. which is like it's you're like angry you're yeah, angry because and i'm stubborn i'm not gonna go ever <laughs> Fuck Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you came from the Euro Cup, that European Cup, and yeah. you started skating more often, and then there was like that big competition. A big competitions in, in Copenhagen. How did the old roses deal happen for you? Because I was all Rene. Like, even like going on the hoax tour was Rene, you know, like, uh, like learning rails was kind of to get me on that, you know, like, oh, T-Bone, they asked me to find a street skater who can do rails and do do jumps in the street, you know, and he knew I was like a ramp, mini ramp and half pipe skater, so he was like, hey, maybe you should uh, should learn that, because That's then you can come that, on the that, tour, that is, you know? that is awesome, so yeah. basically there was, so, so basically I wasn't really a street skater until I actually went on that bus, after, like the year after, like in, that's the spring, winter of 96, when we went on that tour. And it was basically, basically because Rene told him, oh yeah, he's a street skater. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm crazy. a street skater, so, let's go. Check this out. <laughs> Yesterday I was talking, I was talking to Tom, because it's like, it happens a lot in a lot of creative works that, especially if you work by yourself, a lot of times you need to put yourself in that situation that you say like, I can do it. If, if you see there's a possibility for you to be able to do it, when you're selling yourself, somehow you're like, I can do it. But then you still need to go and learn how to do it. That happens a lot, like in video, in whatever. 
It happens. But you did that with skating. I did that with skating. It's yeah. like, no, I'm a street skater. Yeah. But you had to learn how to be a street skater. Yeah, because you can also see in the skating that I do in Hoke Street that I'm kind of lost. You know, That's how I felt about it. You Dude, know? for me, yeah. I always... The truth is I never even thought about of you as a... As a ramp skater, I always thought you were like the pure street skater. Uh, Low-key ramp skater, you know, like uh, I skated ramps until like the Hoax Tour pretty much all the time. And from then you slowly, did you got back into skating half pipe and all that? Or no, you... then then I got the stamp street uh, skater you yeah, know, okay. and then I just kept, kept going, you know, <laughs> and I found joy in that, you know, and progressed. So was, uh, that is like so yeah. sick. I, I, yeah, I, I seriously had no idea because yeah. last year, not this, not this year in February, but last February, February 2018, I remember I was just cruising in a car with Matthias from Power Slide, and I saw like a, there was someone else in the car with me. I don't remember who was it. Maybe someone from I don't know who was someone from. From, Bur from Munich, but we were cruising the car, and then we saw like, I think, I don't know if it's a church or whatever it is, yeah, it is. with a kink mm -hmm. rail, and then like, there's like a long kink, like a kink rail with a long flat, and then I said, I was looking at the spot, and someone was like, yeah, that's the one that Tom Hawkins did the gap to backslide on Oak Street, and then I was looking at that, like, no way, Oak Street, that was like mid-90s, and that's huge for it, so for someone that was mm -hmm. a a ramp skater, as you say, that for me, like, that was big. Yeah, yeah we, like, we would, back in the day, we would also, also skate in the street, like, in Copenhagen, there was a big scene around, like, a fountain in downtown Copenhagen, where all the youth would go in the weekend and hang out on roller skates and build the uh, crazy jumps and, like, just get some pellets and uh, <laughs> sheets of something and Old jumps. school style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was in the walking street, people would go with the hat and collect money, would go and get beer, you know, it was like a more like a party scene. Like a circus yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> and in that scene we would cruise around and do gaps and hit a wall ride. Or, or fire too, did you guys ever jump over fire and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, all kinds of shit to like that. Money? You, know? you yeah. gotta get the money. Yeah, yeah get, get, <laughs> get that money for the beer, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know. Tell me something. Did you guys also do it like, because again, I'm from a small town. You know my town now. So over here, what we used to do, like our only way to have those ramps was by stealing the wood from like construction work. Yeah, yeah. we would go to the nearest construction <laughs> site and you would climb the fence and grab what you needed, you know. And okay, so I was advanced. I wasn't yeah, doing anything yeah. different from the small yeah. town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would just yeah, break into the nearest construction and... You, gotta, you ever, go, whatever, ever got you know. into trouble for it? No, not really. Like the police would sometimes come when we were too many people and stuff like that. And we've... Dude, we had, we had the worst thing here in Sinch. That was one time. This is like really stupid. We were like for a full weekend stealing wood. <laughs> <laughs> like after the yeah, weekend. If you need a ramp, you do what you gotta do. We you know? wanted to put a mini ramp together. It was our first mini ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like all made like with stolen wood. Like yeah, uh, then... Yeah. Once we had all the wood and we started putting the ramp together, the owner of the construction just comes like, okay, now you can go put it all back. Yeah. He waited for us yeah. to put everything together. Like, okay, now you can wait. It was the worst. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, yeah. a few years later, I ended up skating a mini ramp for the first yeah. time. And when you first started skating for Roses, 
did you start because it's we're talking about the golden sorry i'm going to call it the yeah. golden era of skating because it was once once the oaks two came out when the oaks tree when the oaks tree came out it was already people knew it was going to be a success because yeah. when the oaks tree came out the oaks two was on tv like everywhere even in portugal portugal is a small country wow. and we used to watch pieces of oaks two and like call this number and get new skates and like i don't wow. know what they did back yeah. then but like it was huge it was everywhere on tv and so when you start skating for roses was right away like with a paycheck or it was just like like i started skating for rollerblade before i skated for roses like uh also with through rene no that was uh that was before that thing when rene went to america and was skating with the daily bread crew i was with the uh, morton Ingmark, the guy who also did the cool runnings contest and he was part of the danish distributor of uh, rollerblade in Denmark. So he would get me on the on the show team and we would travel Denmark and do uh, jump ramp shows at gas stations and whatever in small towns. But you were still, back then you were still not that good on inline skates, you were just like... Yeah, it was still just like because there was no good inline skaters, so they would pick the... The ones the, that knew how to skate. And that like... knew how to skate and give them products, you know. And we do jump ramp shows on the old rollerblade tarmac skates. Lycra? And, hmm? Lycra? No lycra. No lycra. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do jump ramp shows and jump over people. And like the, the bigger the jumps got, the more wheels we would break off the frames and stuff like that. Would, would, just, would the skates break that easy back then? Yeah, because you, if you did a big enough gap, the back wheel would just break off the frame. Like yeah. the whole, uh, like the triangle of the... Oh, the front. the back wheel would, would just break off, you know, and yeah. you would have no... Yeah, it's no like, wheel, it's something that for some of you that don't know, like the frames back then, it was like a super slim thing. Yeah. There was no, I don't even think the frames had bridges and the plastic was like, the development on plastic was far behind. So oh, there yeah. was like, there, there was no uh, flexibility on it or there would be, either they would be super, super flexible yeah. or they would be super hard and they would break easy. Yeah. So if you would like... If, as an example, that happened to me with the Rosy Street. If like learning front flips, I would hit the back wheel and yeah, it had the same problem. But also, when you were saying now the wheels, I also thought you were talking about breaking wheels because the wheels back then, a lot of the wheels didn't really have like a big core. It was like a really tiny yeah. thing, so it would really be easy for the course to break too. No. Yeah, I remember ripping a lot of cores in in the old days. Just keep. Like uh, always, the back wheel break off the core. Yeah, because there's, yeah. that's easy. Because yeah. going uh, geeking a little bit, the continuation of your body goes to your heel. Yeah. So like all the weight yeah. is on the back wheel. Is on the back wheel. Yeah. So when you land, like, poof. and it's just around. And we also just started using anti-rocker wheels. Yeah. So yeah. all the pressure on two yeah. wheels only. On two wheels, we would take uh, skateboard wheels and we would cut off the the sides of them so they fit into the to the frame of the tarmac skate would you how, yeah okay i get it but would, yeah. how would you do it would you cut it or shave it i, I think never, i never I had to I do don't it remember. i think we shaved it off with a, yeah, with a grinder or something until it was like flush with the bearing yeah, yeah. But it was like there was not there was not a product like it was something we heard about them making and saw on the videos that oh anti rocker how do we do that oh, we take some old skateboard wheels and we yeah it's funny because yeah. a few years later all I did was just like broken wheels yeah. <laughs> and just use the core of a broken wheel yeah. 
Because that's yeah, the exact same. Really matter what you do. Yeah, but what I'm saying is yeah. like a few years later, you end up doing that. Yeah. Um, so you were saying that first you skated for Rollerblade. But for Rollerblade, it was basically just product, doing shows. But you can't... Yeah, we're product and doing shows. We wouldn't get paid per day for, for the shows and stuff like that. Sorry, Not a lot, sorry. But, uh, yeah, we, so we would yeah, break I'm... even like, uh, because they wouldn't pay for food. They would just uh, pay for the day. How much would know? you get paid for a show when you first started? I'm sorry, like going numbers. Like back then... We would get like uh, 80 euros a day. 80? Yeah. Dude, there's some people doing shows in some parts of the world right now that still don't get paid that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of weird. Yeah, we would get like that, like 80, 80, euros, 80 euros a day and we wouldn't get the hotel paid and all transportation. If and you make get 10 products. shows per month, you get a better salary than a lot of people. Yeah, we, would, yeah, we, would, we wouldn't go every day. We would, usually it was like a Thursday to Sunday going for the weekend in some part of Denmark where there was a sports master or whatever, a sports store who sold From Thursday to Sunday, that would be like yeah. in, in four days you all make, almost make like the actual Portuguese minimum salary. Yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. Wow. It is bad, huh? <laughs> Poor Portuguese people. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then from that to Roses, once you get into on Roses, like in, did they ask you to leave Rollerblade or there was no deal with Rollerblade? There was not really a contract. It was just like a mutual agreement that I was writing for them, you know. In, in 96, there was the second European Cup in Mönchengladbach. Okay. And I came, and it's. Uh, you didn't drink that year. <laughs> no, no, it's in '95. '95 after the contest where I where I I, I injure myself. Toto takes me in his van, okay, old Volkswagen, and he drives me to Evian. We're talking about Toto Gali. Yeah, Toto Gali, very good friend of mine. I owe him. So much. Such Owner of Out yeah, yeah. Skates. Out Skates and product developer, designer, concept. Uh, love, I love Amazing. this guy. Amazing. Someone yeah. that still kills it nowadays. I saw him skating for a so much, So much drive. So much in, like, so, such an inspiring guy. Still Always uh, on track, full power and doing his thing, you know. I would love to do one of these things with Toto one yeah, day. But anyway, let's imagine. keep going. And then he took you on the van. He took me in the van and he... Uh, because I met a guy like uh, somewhere, like maybe even the year before in Mönchengladbach from Lausanne who had a skate shop. And he said, you can always come to Lausanne. Is Stay that Ivano? In... No, it's not Ivano. It's like, a, it's another guy. I don't even remember his name, which is actually sad because of the story I'm going to tell you now. Because I went to Lausanne from, uh, Toto drove me to Evian. And from Evian, you can take a boat across mm -hmm. the Geneva Lake to Lausanne. So I would uh, take the boat and Toto would just say, this is a boat, I see you. And oh, I would bye. go and I, would, I, would, I went to Lausanne and I went to the skate shop. And I was like, hey, yo, man, um, I'm looking for this guy. He told me I could just come and hang out and skate. And it was his brother in the, in the store. And he was like, dude, man, I'm sorry, but uh, the guy is dead. No so the guy, he was dead. I came there and I was okay, what am I going to do? You know, I, had, I didn't know where to go, you know. But then I hooked up with uh, Rafael Santos, who, yeah. was all, who was also at the Mönchengladbach contest. So he, he was like, okay, you can come and stay at my place. That's sick. Yeah. Rafael Santos was 
probably the f- yeah probably the first European guy on Team Razors when Razors started. Yeah, and Team Rollerblade. He was on the original European was Team it? Rollerblade. Okay. Yeah. I remember uh, like a t- totally different story. It's <laughs> gonna put it in here. Like uh, Rollerblade had a audition tour where they went around Europe for skaters to audition for the European to team. To look for talent. For look for talent, looking for talent. And I would, uh, I w- and I went with the rollerblade guys from Denmark to Hamburg to skate for the rollerblade people down there. Where you um, didn't have talent enough. <laughs> no, no, because I, at this point I was already, I was already transitioning into street skating a little bit, you know. Okay. And so you I, were doing was, the shows already, and the the guys from De- rollerblade Denmark took you to the thing so that you could be international. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, with the other guys, you know. Okay. And they were like, nah, we're probably going to put you in the street team. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I'm a street skater, you know, yeah. like I got the stamp. <laughs> and I would go to some events and just be there, you know, like a, a hangout, you know, I see the virtual and do some small stuff and hang out. And in this team was uh, Klaus-Dieter Waldner. I remember. Rafael Sanders. Klaus-Dieter Wagner used to do the craziest handstands. Yeah, he could, he could stand forever and twist his body. <laughs> like a gymnast. Yeah, really cool skater. He was really good. Yeah, and Rafael Sanders, Marcos Longardes, and Marcos there was like is... four four skaters on the team who would do fly over each other, like standard. And you just stay there like chilling. I'm, I just, I'm the street skater, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you got to, you, you stayed with Raphael. Yeah, so skaters. I stayed with Raphael for like two or three days. But then I found the other skate shop in town, Asphalt Shop, Ivano Gagliardo's shop. And I, and Kato was there. I already met Kato the year before in München Gladbach. And what, what was Kato doing there? Uh, the same as me. <laughs> like uh, Looking for the same guy? Freeloading and... Uh, to finding the People best skate see. environment and good friends and where trying to get better at skating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Kato was working in the shop for Ivano. He was Kato is French. Lausanne is a Swiss yeah. French town, so he he could easily do a job in the in the store. And I would just hang out, you know, get food and stuff like that, you know. And we became really good friends. And after tr- like after three days in Raphael's house, I moved to. The addict in Ivano's building, where me and Kato would sleep in bunk beds up under the roof and have our, our own little place there, you know. And, and for how long did you stay there? Like on and off months. Like I would go there for a month, go back home for a few weeks, go back for a month. Yeah, because Lausanne was somehow like... It was the epicenter of rollerblading in the 90s in yeah. Europe. In Europe, yeah. yeah. It was like, it was... The biggest scene, the biggest contest, the biggest uh, organization. Contest-wise, it was the biggest one in the world. Yeah, probably ever. I'm not sure if ever, but f- it's... as far as I know, for me, I've never seen anything bigger than that. Yeah. It might, yeah, today with the fees contest and the big tours and stuff... I don't know. I would compare it more with the with the summer clash thing that they tried to do. 
You remember the summer yeah, clash? I didn't go, but I... Yeah, I, I would compare I, it more because yeah. the fees is completely different. Fees is really... I would compare the fees more with the X Games yeah. somehow. Yeah, you're right. The winter clash is kind of different because it's like winter and like yeah. it's different. But... Lausanne the was whole, camping. And that's, exactly yeah. what the, that's exactly what the summer yeah. clash was. Like all these things going on at the same time. But something that was amazing about the Lausanne contest is that they mixed downhill with with high jump with fur tramp yeah. it was like back then it was kind of even slalom yeah, there was slalom in the yeah, same was everything at the Lausanne contest back the then. only thing that wasn't there was was speed skating because there was some type of like thing against the lycra <laughs> no but they were downhilling you know <laughs> no but even that even that like the Lausanne guy that used to win in it was mainly like there was already hardcore downhill Yes, yeah, skaters in Lausanne, yeah, yeah, yeah. and none of them was like a real speed skater nowadays. Oh, no, they were downhill skaters. Like yeah. they were, they would take the bus up to the top of Lausanne, and they would skate downhill and take the bus up and skate downhill a new route, you know. And so do you, do you remember Luc Lenoir? Yeah, I was just gonna say the, the Lenoir brothers. They were legends. There was, there was the first person that I've ever seen again as the noob that watched TV the whole day and asked everyone to press yeah. <laughs> rack on it. I remember watching this guy just doing like the sickest slides ever. He, he, he would carve. He, he would slide like he, if he was on skis on inline yeah. skates, and he was on he five was, wheels, uh, drifting, drifting around really tight hairpin corners downhill full speed. You know. But the thing is, for me, that completely changed me as a speed skater, because back then I was already using inline skates for speed skating. I made the transition from quads to okay. speed to inline or speed skates. And then every all of my uh, teammates you were like super like picky with their skates. The wheels need to be like this, and it's a carbon boot. It's really expensive, and uh, and after me seeing that Luke Lenoir doing slides, I'm like, I gotta learn that. Yeah. And since then, my skates were never yeah. the same again. I always had the worst wheels because every time, like end of the trains, yeah. I would always try like to slide and like. My boots were always super scaffed and yeah, but sliding in Lausanne was like a thing. It was you would go, you would skate downhill, and you would like just slide like full speed. You still got it, huh? You learned yeah, back then. You still got it. I yeah, just saw it's you like doing a, those on the backbone, you know. Yeah, a, a cool story about sliding is that we had a, like a three weeks of drought with no rain in Lausanne, and we used to have like a, if it rained, we would go skate downhill. Okay. Because you would be extra slippery, you know. And, and that's when you want. And one night, Ivano came up and woke me and Kato up in the bunk bed up under the under the roof. He was in the second floor and we were up in the fifth, you know. He would come up, hey guys, guys, guys. It's raining. Hey, it's, it's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? It's raining, man. <laughs> it's raining. And we were like, yeah, are you serious? <laughs> and at four o'clock in the morning, we would put skates and we would hike up the town. And we were bomb hills and slides, you know, just the longest slides. Like, <laughs> would you be using? A, were you using aggressive skates back then for that? Yeah, that's crazy. And Ivana too? Yeah, yeah. Because Ivana was like crazy good at downhill, but always with aggressive skates. Always with aggressive skates. That's crazy that you yeah. were like, I'll be good with. Like I killed Cosmo wheels. Like, oof, so many Cosmo wheels I killed on. Did the you downhill. pay for them? 
Yeah, some of them I did. I remember paying for them and then just going skating and like just being eager and okay, fuck it, gonna do the downhill, you know, and you come down and you're a flat spot all over and you're like, fuck, that was a... Okay, but wait, we're, we're jumping here and there. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we I'm, are. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's still good. I'm, 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 I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, yeah. It's just like, I, I'm a fan, so I'm just <laughs> making all my questions. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> no, the thing is, you still didn't tell me how the whole Roses thing happened because we started with the rollerblade audition. Yeah, but like the Roses thing is like crazy. Like, because because we, we, me and Kato... There me. was a rollerblade audition. And then after the rollerblade audition... I never really got a contract with Rollerblade. Yeah, and then you got picked up, and then in that Euro Cup you got picked up by Kato, you went, and then you left. I picked up by Toto and went down. By Toto, sorry, yeah. and then you went to Lausanne and you met Kato. And, and Ivano. Met Ivano yeah. and, there, and then I remember... Ivano was on the Roses team. I know, yeah. that's what I was asking. That, that and that this is when the, the Majestic 12 came out, the first time, you know, 20 years ago. That was, <laughs> that was 96. That was 96. Yeah, probably 96. 96. Yeah. And I, I remember waking up with a brand new pair of Majestic 12s. With the Senate wheels, the black Senate wheels. With the black Senate wheels inside my sleeping bag, you know. And Ivano sitting next to me like this, waiting for me to wake up and be all excited and thinking, what the fuck is this, you know. And I was so Back happy. Back then there was no phone to make a story. No, no, there was no story. <laughs> <laughs> so he would just sit there and wait for me to wake up, you know, with after he put the skates in my sleeping bag. And that's where I got my first Roses skates. What skates did you add before that? I was on the rollerblade skates, but with a aluminium sure grip uh, inline frame because uh, the distributor in Denmark was sick of me breaking the wheel of the, of I, the frames. I didn't know So that they was... took off the rivets and they put on uh, like a hockey frame and made a groove in it, you know. I didn't know I would that grind was... on that and go... <laughs> no, it was a crazy sound, you know. <laughs> so he 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 had been watching me skate that, you know. So he was like, "Oh, I need new skates." So he got me a a brand new pair of. But was it from his shop or from Roses? Roses. I have no idea. I was just happy, you know. Probably from Roses, you know. I don't think he would pull it out of his shop. I'm just I'm just trying to put like make like. Sorry, I'm trying yeah. to draw a timeline. Yeah. So. Was this, this was before Oak Street? Because yes, on Oak Street you were... before Oak Street, probably. Yeah, it must have been. Or is it? I don't know. That. Oak Street was summer 96. And this was like, probably before... So this is 95. Okay. Yeah. That's when, probably yeah. Probably 95, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 95. 95. It's 95. Because it's all... I was 15 when I went to the 10th grade and I, I bought my first inland inline aggressive inline skates with 15 and they were the Rossi Street it was the same year on the catalog that was already the the Majestic okay but they were going to be more expensive and yeah. I didn't money for the Majestic so I went for the Rossi Street worst, worst yeah, mistake because 95 was the first Lausanne contest and I didn't go 96 is the first Lausanne contest I went to and already with Majestics with Majestics because already then in the early 96 I'm so confused. Yeah, it's it's 96. Early 96, that's probably when that... Yeah. 95 was the year that Nicky Bruce tried to do the front flip over. Yeah, and I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 96, I was just randomly, like, in Lausanne. I would buy an Interrail ticket. Yeah. 
and I would just take the train or for or, people or listening to this I don't know what the interrail is it's like basically there's a there's a ticket that you can buy in Europe called the interrail that allows you to just go on every you can buy per regions and then you can just go all over Europe on trains yeah so so we I would do that and I was in Lausanne at the contest and when the registration was on uh, Ivano's wife Emmanuel she was like hey Tom are you not skating the contest and I was like It's a pro contest. Uh, am I allowed? You know, I, I didn't even know if I could enter the contest, or I didn't have the money to enter. So she was, oh no, no worries, man. I'm gonna put you on the list. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. Yeah, but get back to the Rosa thing. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But when did the whole thing happen? <laughs> like after me and Kato became really good friends in Lausanne, we started doing the interrail thing together. You know. All year? Were you studying? Were you doing anything back then? I was just uh, traveling. I would go. Uh, I, I would go to Copenhagen and work as a substitute hospital porter. You know, I would push push the bed in the uh, hospital with the patient or with the dirty bed to the cleaning and stuff like that. Get a little bit of money. You like, get a little bit money, enough for the ticket and some food, and you go again. You know, <laughs> I would just go back and forth. And me and Kato, we started traveling and we went on interrail and we kept prolonging it. Back then, it wasn't like a digital ticket with prints and stuff like it was written by hand with a, with a ball pen. So we would sit in the train at the end of the month and like uh, try to rub it off and make a new date so we could do another month. You know? <laughs> and, it, and we succeeded. We, we traveled like two, three months on the same ticket, you know, just cruising around. And we ended up in Copenhagen at my mom's place. And we're like, oh, what are we gonna do? You know, and we talked to Ivano and he said like, yeah, yeah, and he was on the way to San Francisco for Ross's team meeting, you know, and there was a get down or whatever. And we were like, wow, it could be crazy to go to America, you know. And so we made a, we wrote a, a letter and send it in the telefax, where it says like, uh, hello Rosses, we know that you know who we are, we think we did a big effort for you promoting your skate and stuff This like that. This was after Oak Street. Yeah, it must have been. So when yeah. Oak Street was on, you were still not on Rosses? No. Okay. Yeah, because we would write that, that telefax and send it to Rosses and say, we deserve tickets to America. <laughs> Don't you understand that? Like, kind of like, pfft. yeah. look at us, <laughs> get us over there, you know? And we didn't really get a, get a reply, but like uh, one week later, like there uh, was come a UPS guy with two big boxes, you know, and we're like, Whoa, How did you find your address? I have, I have no idea. Maybe we might have written it on the, because we written, we, we made it very official. We called it the Tomcat Inc. company and with my address and everything. So I just use that. Tomcat you know, Inc. Tomcat Inc. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Cat, you know. <laughs> Did <that> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Ink, why? Because of the graffiti? No, just because of it, like, uh, it, it seemed uh, corporate, you know. <laughs> There was like no reason, but we were graffiti painters and that was kind of also what drove us around Europe, like skating and painting graffiti. So then the, the UPS guy came? Yeah, he came and there was two boxes from Rosie's. We would open the box and on top there was a, a big travel bag 
you take out the bag, and boom. There were two pairs of jeans, put them in the bag. Five pairs of socks, put them in the bag. Eight t-shirts, put them in the bag. You know, full setup, jackets, everything. How many you know? pairs of skates? Oh, just one pair of skates uh. for, for each, you know. But it was like, just take everything out of the, the box and put it in the bag. And in the bottom, there was uh, plane tickets to Los Angeles, return three months over there. No you know? way. That's amazing. Yeah, crazy, huh? So Carter used to skate for Rams, for Roses too? Yeah, he was full on Roses, like not on contract. Because when they proposed me the contract, they also proposed Kato the contract. But Kato was already drawing the ramp skate. So he couldn't okay. join the team because he was working in another direction. Okay. So then that was about... So th those type of meetings happens like end of summer or... Or was that 97? Yeah, it's been like the end of 96, like in fall of 96. Yeah. We went two, three months. So that's when the, the, the Majestic White was about to come out. That was the second year of the Majestic. No, that's, in, that's, the, uh, that's in 97, the White one. Comes yes, out. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was about to come out. Yeah, it was about to come out. Because that's the skate yeah. that I always remember. Yeah. Tom Marquis skate, yeah. somehow. And me and Kato, we would go to Los Angeles. And we had called somebody, I don't remember who, maybe Arlo or something, and said, hey man, we're coming. Can someone pick us up in LAX? And TJ Weber came and picked me and Kato up. We were like, yo, dude, <laughs> never met the guy before. But that's weird because TJ was never on Roses, he was on Oxygen, right? Yeah, but he, I think we talked to Arlo and TJ was on Senate, and so okay. we kind of went that way to... That was like the type of connection, that's yeah, amazing, yeah. that's what I love about skating. Yeah. And we would just we stayed at TJ and Brian Smith's house for way too long <laughs> in Venice Beach, just fucking smoking and drinking and skating. And I think in the end, I don't remember if they kicked us out or we just got the feeling, oh, we've been here too long. We have to go, you know, because. But we went with nothing. We had no money with us. It was like we, we traveled. We traveled in Europe. So we basically, were, Roses gave you that, but they never gave you a contract back then. Just no, not back then, because we just asked for the American flight ticket. You know, that's what we wanted, so that's what we got. You know, so we went, and we didn't have a car. That's also why we stayed in Venice Beach for too long. Because how are you gonna get around America without a car? I didn't even have a license back then. You know, it's like how are you gonna? Now you don't have a license again. But anyway, let's keep going. Uh, cut. <laughs> Big secret. <laughs> yeah. But uh, TJ, he took us to the Senate headquarters, like the, the big office and the warehouse. And Brooke Howard Smith, thank you, OG legend. <laughs> he was like, hey man, I'm going to New Zealand for a couple of months. And when I come back, I'm going to buy a new car. So you can just take my old Golf, like Volkswagen Golf, and you can drive it until you go home. We were like, Cool, but we have no money for did, gas. Did he crash it? No, no, it was really good. <laughs> well, we might have. But, but we were like, okay, cool, but we have no money for gas. And they were like, okay, come, come. And he took us to the, like a back room of the warehouse. Senate? In Senate. And, and he opened the door and there was like all the second, uh, second hand wheels. Not, not used, but with print mistakes and with okay. someone with a hole in for to put a keychain. Okay. Just all. sell it. Uh, just take as much as you want and you can sell it on the road. So we would fill the trunk with the, all the old like T.J. Uh, Weber and Michael Pellick wheels, Arlo's wheels and Brian Konowski and like all the OG pro, the first like 
Was it <laughs> the first generation Senate Pro Wheels, you know, and we would just fill the trunk and every time we would come to a skate park, we'd do a session and we would go, hey, one dollar wheels, one dollar wheels. And all the skaters would come out and buy wheels for one dollar, you know. And you would have money everything. And day. we would buy like some vegetables and whatever. And you could live good, man. Yeah, we, you we, could we, sell it for two dollars. Yeah. And we would sleep in the car and just... For how long was that? You had three months, so is that like? Yeah, we had we had the ticket was three months, but we stayed for two months, and because we were broke, so we went to the airport and they were like, "We're flying in a month. We need to go home now. Can you please help us put on a put us on a plane home?" And they just and they changed the ticket and we went without back paying because nowadays no one would do that for you. You know that. Ah, we didn't pay for the for changing the date on it. That's cool. But we were desperate in the end. And then you go back to Europe. Did you felt the huge change on skating? Because that's usually, this is how I felt. The first time I went to America, when I was there, I didn't felt like I skated anything special. Yeah. Which somehow maybe I did because... No, most we did. Most of, I'm not saying, I'm just saying like once you come back, it's, while you're there, it just feels like you're skating normally. Yeah. But once you get back, things, to me at least, started happening. I'm pretty sure with you guys was something. Yeah, for sure it boosted the the career or whatever you say. Because there was not that many people going, yeah. Europeans going. Yeah, we were pretty much some of the first Europeans to, at least the first European street skaters to go to America to skate on inland skates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we would cruise around all the LA area. We went north to San Francisco and San Jose and. We would would sleep in the driveway of uh, John Julio's parents and like yeah, just mess around, skate with everybody, go everywhere, skate the. So you were seen as the European street skater, something like yeah, the yeah. European street skaters are here. Yeah. yeah. But it was crazy. We had no idea like of uh, American culture or how to act. Or we were European punks coming to <laughs> athletes, you know. <laughs> That's how it felt, at least, you know, like uh, it was so organized and corporate and people were yeah, and pretty you, straight, you know, and we were just punks, you know, pure mayhem. You, you know. should be lucky that nothing happened as punks. Like we, we could have been arrested so many times in America. Imagine. I cannot <laughs> I can imagine with all the rules and talk stuff. to some of the OG American skaters that we visited and they would be like, hmm, we, <laughs> we remember those times, you know, yeah. And then, wait, now you guys got back to Europe. But when did the roses... Did when you I came propose, back, you proposed them or they proposed you? When I, came, when I came back from America, they, they proposed the contract to me. So basically yeah. there was like media, like there was like photos and stuff like that coming from you guys while you were there or just... No, nothing, nothing at all. We wouldn't, like Ivano came to San Francisco at the end of the trip to meet with all the roses guys and we crashed the hotel, you know. <laughs> slipped on their floors, you know, ran around naked in the hotel and stuff like that, like uh, like Europeans do. No. <laughs> Not all. <laughs> Not all. No, just kidding. Just the punks. Yeah, just the punks. Yeah. And then and then and after after, the, after crashing the party. Yeah, after you... crashing the party, uh, I think <laughs> they just felt like we, we were part of it, you know. So they proposed us contracts and I signed it because I didn't have Plans with it Rams was much. Say, it was know? much better for you to yeah, to do not, that than pushing beds in the hospital. Yeah, yeah way better, way better. I'm, yeah, we made more, make more money skating than working back home. Can you say how much money around how much, around how much money would 
Roses with Bayou back then, like 97? My, yeah, my first contract was like $2,000 a month as a standard rate. As a first contract? As a first contract. Probably no one's getting paid that nowadays. I did they proposed less, but I, you I wanted more, so I told them I want more. Because if they want me to be a professional skater and do nothing but skate, they need to pay for it, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, do you have an idea how much would like the top pro skater from Roses would get paid there back then? Oh, back then? Yeah, a lot. Like double that, triple that? Yeah, triple maybe. Like six, seven thousand yeah. dollars. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. I think Rene he made a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's some he, of those top guys. They made a lot of money in the nineties. Dude, he he was yeah. he was a reference for everyone. Yeah, and the prize money was ridiculous. Sometimes you would go and you could win ten thousand dollars at a contest, you know, for taking first prize. Yeah, that's. I still need to do something like this with Sven. One of these days, because yeah. I always heard that Sven was one of those guys that... Yeah, he went to all the contests and cashed in, you know. Yeah, yeah, from what I heard, he was one of those guys that was the smartest ones with money. And we know that yeah, he took it he's a super clean guy, yeah. and like, I, I like what he does. And yeah, yeah. he invested, nowadays he invested on his own company, yeah, which yeah, is like sure. a show company, which is cool. I love it. But in my era, there was like a transition from uh, lifestyle punks, as I call them, to athletes. Like uh, it was a totally different, yeah, way of living, way of living and approach to yeah. where and why you would skate. Yeah. But this, I think nowadays that still happens. I think there was a time. I don't know. Maybe you correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a time in skating that things started changing. And I remember one of my first girlfriends once telling me that you guys, you skaters look all the same. There's a new trend and everyone goes with it. Yeah. But it still happens a bit nowadays. It is the truth. But at the same time, I see a lot more diversity nowadays because there's trends that come and go. But on each trend, there's some people that get in the trend, but then they stay, you know? Yeah. I, could you ever imagine nowadays like Carlos Pianowski just rocking like all like hip-hop or whatever it's just like some yeah. people just stay there like yeah. you know like it's it's just different yeah you 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 group up in style as well as yeah that's also another thing you know? yeah like uh, that's how it is and yeah and people were sponsored so they were all wearing the same t-shirt so like yeah but that's yeah, yeah but that's was that was somehow being professional but back then yeah. it was like there was money to be professional somehow, you know, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like someone getting paid $7,000 or $6,000 or even $2,000 if that's all the money that you make in the end of the month or most of it, not all because we're going to go out there. Mm -hmm. But if that's most of the mon money that you make in the end of the month, if someone tells you to rock a shirt, you don't care if it's pretty or not. You're going to use it because yeah. it's part of your job, you know? It's part of it, yeah. Now. I, was, I just said that that was not your only sponsor. Back then you had other sponsors, right? Yeah, but... The main was, one was Roses. The right? main one was Roses. And then I would swap around with different uh, clothing companies. And I would get free wheels from Seiko in Germany and stuff like that, you know. But I never really... I never signed something with anybody else than Roses. Just to be... So in the 90s, if someone would give you clothes, would they pay you to use those clothes or...? Yeah, sometimes they would. 
like you like René, he had the whole clothing time collection zone. from Time Zone, like a 25 piece uh, clothing collection. Yeah, but he was known for using gun. that. Yeah, yeah, and he would wear wear that all the time because. But that was a contract, to, right? That was a contract, and they were using his name, and like he was uh, the only Time Zone pro. Or no, there was more, I think. Yeah, but he was the only one with a legit clothing line contract. that was like the Viking clothing line, you know. So, yeah. But you, like as an example, um, I don't know if you're okay with that, but like there was a time that you were you were skating for a company that nowadays is something completely different. Nowadays there's like their own product lines, but back then there was just a distribution. They used to pay you just to use the wheels that they used to distribute. Basically, yeah, 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 as a that. distributor? Yeah, distributors would uh, would pay, also pay, pay the Pro-Am or whatever to use the medium wheels, the centered wheels, or wear the 976 clothing and stuff like that. Okay, and how would people know like what wheels we're using? Because I'm just, this is all like curiosity and for some people listening yeah. to this, like imagine nowadays there's social media, you would just, you can say I'm using these wheels, but back then, how was it? It was a lot more, uh, a bigger scene, right? Yeah, but you went and you looked at it, you know. Yeah, because it was different. Yeah. It was feeling like you would go to a session, people yeah. are, e-skates for roses, but this e-skates. Yeah. Like, I would, I would always, I never had a wheel sponsor, and I never looked for one, because I would get Cosmo wheels from Rene, and nothing was better than that. Everything else would feel like a, like a robber, you know. <laughs> a toy. Yeah, it's like you, you push the... The plastic in front, you have a small bowl in front of the wheel that just uh, compresses your energy and takes speed away, you know. I would take on a hyper wheel, drop in the bowl and go straight to my face because my feet stop, you know. I have an expectation of momentum that didn't exist in those wheels, you know. So I would always skate Cosmo wheels. And for me, like, Cosmo wheels was out of reach, you know, it's like Australian brand, like big guys were skating that, you know. Even I had heroes back then, you oh, That's know. cool. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Who, who was yeah. your heroes back then? Rene, Tom Fry, like the older guys, they were all older than me. And I was like, like, as an example, like, you're one of the first real street skaters for me. Yeah. Like, you said that you used to be like a, a ramp skater, but it, you transitioned to a street skater. As one of the first, somehow, street skaters, who would be your main influences as a street oh, skater? Yeah, but Hooks one. Okay. Like really Brooke Howard Smith. Brooke Howard Smith, Arlo, Michael Pellick, like uh, all the OGs, like the New York crew, Ryan Jacklon, Dave Ortega. Okay, like, I was uh, going to ask you that because the first guys that you told me, yeah, Arlo, yes, a lot, but yeah. like uh, Brooke Howard Smith as an example, his style was like, it was. A style for that era, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but it wasn't the cleanest style. But somehow, oh, I, I like always remember of Tom or Lundquist as yeah. a as someone with a super clean style. You oh, even like you. when you even like that gap back slide that we already spoke. You land in something that I call drop knee because yeah. it's like a stance in bodyboarding. Yeah. But even when you would land on that drop knee stance, it would look like you're under yeah. control. You know, it's not just a. But also the spot called for that because it was all like. A, I'm not even, I'm, but I'm not, it's not even a complaint. It's no, just no. like, even when that. Yeah. But that was also how it was done back then. Like, the early 90s was all like uh, down on the knees, you know, yeah. Edward style, you know, cruising. So it was just, yeah, that's how you would kill the impact, you know. Okay, so, yeah. but your main influence would be like those those guys. Yeah, it Sty would be because they were. Style wise, same, or you would. 
try to do something. I never really thought about the style. You know, it was more about just executing the trick. But you thought about making it as perfect as possible because back then that wasn't the thing. It's just like, man, I remember like it doesn't it's matter. matter if, it's like it was usually natural. we would go to a spot and we wouldn't session it. We would go to do one trick to to feel that we killed it. Okay. So for me, yeah. the first time I heard about style was Ryan Jacklin. Yeah. Ryan Jacklin is, is is not for him. It didn't matter if he did a fakey seven. It was like a fakey seven, but the way he landed needed to have some attitude, some yeah, like yeah. you know, like style doesn't didn't necessarily mean bringing your ass super low and bending no. your knees a lot. It was more like about the way that you wanted the the trick to look like, you know. Yeah. But that that didn't seem like it was it a really the, common thing. It wasn't the objective because we wasn't we weren't filming stuff. We would go and do it for yourself, for yourself, for the feeling of doing the trick and knowing that you did it. So you would go to a crazy drop thing or a long ass rail, and you would do whatever to do it just once, you know. And when you did it once, you were like, "Oh, this was, this was dangerous. I'm not gonna do it again." And you it's know? like, how is it for like for someone that? How was it for someone like you? Like you're saying, like you used to do it mainly for yourself. Yeah. I kind of like it the same because I'm from a small town and like there was basically no one skating with me. But how was it from someone that used to skate like you, even if you'd skate with a lot of people without ever having a camera, when you get like in front of photographers or in front of a camera? Yeah, but I, I always feel felt super weird about it. Like even on the Hope Street tour, there's like there's not a lot of footage of me because. I never coordinated with the with the guy who was filming. You know, Evan Stone. He was always like, "Oh, can you do that again?" And me, I'm like, "No, <laughs> you know, why would I do it again?" You know, ah, oh, it's for the movie. That's why you're here. Oh yeah, I kind of <laughs> didn't even have the concept in my head that it, that's what we were there for. You know, for me, it was just a tour going. You know, just and crazy with your friend. If you want to make a film, you better capture when I do something. You know. <laughs> And that's kind of been the mentality through all my years of skating. I can remember going on tours with Toro and all the guys in the van, and there was, would be like photographers asking, "Oh, can I tag along?" And we were like, "No, why would you do that? You're you know, not my why, would, why would we bring you along? You know, it made no sense. And if we did, it would take like us two days to raise hell and." Like just be angry with each other, and the photographer will go home or whatever, you know. But uh, and later, once you got used to that, what was your relationship with photographers? Uh, but I never got used to that. Is it? No. Like I'm gonna be honest with Have you. Have you like, ever seen a video part of me? No. No, because it's not possible. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. But maybe like still, a, maybe still yeah, gotta yeah. do it. And I'm 50. <laughs> still on time. Yeah. We got eight years, right? Yeah. I saw Tony Hawk make a 50-year-old session. 51. Uh, 51. Don't think one. Uh, yeah. That's so, crazy. I am going to do the same. Maybe. Yeah. Why not? Man? You got the skill. I thought about it when I turned 40. Do 40 for 40. Do the 40 different tricks. Uh, now you got to do 50. It's got to uh, be a little bit harder. Also, like, I just find the project to... Like, it's not appealing to me. I don't skate for to see my trick again. And I don't really care about seeing what I did. But at the same time, you like to make your tricks look solid. Because I see, like, as, as an example. Okay, let me show you something. Let me just show you something. We went skating yesterday, and let me show you what we did.
that we try to go behind without killing ourselves. And you can do the other one, the one with the hills? Yeah. <laughs> you good? Let's go. Okay, now they just saw what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we were just skating and, like, you, you did, like, topsail. Like, uh, you did, like, like, just carve across yeah. the, the, the curve and then the topsail and then you did, like, a fishman. You did the fish burn before, but then you went and did it again yeah. because it didn't felt like it was good enough. So you actually care about making this the tr the tricks look the way you. Yeah, but that's not true, Ricardo. You asked me to do that again. Okay, <laughs> and, you did, and you didn't tell me. No, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> like why, why? Why would you do it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's not for me. It's for you. Okay, you know what I mean. Like, uh, like. Yeah, I don't find pleasure in watching myself skating, you know. Okay. Like, I find pleasure in you feeling happy that I do it, you know, like... That's cool. But that's on my older days, you know, and I, I find another appreciation of making you happy. Okay. Then wait, 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 like now... Like, what? for me, I could just skate and feel just, just as happy. I don't have to but, see it again. But now we're talking about something that yeah. we also spoke over the last few days that you're staying here, which is... You were telling me that one of the reasons why you don't skate that often nowadays is because your body is super messed up. Yeah. And What's will... exactly happening with your body? Because yeah, like, like most of the, the old school skaters, a lot of the older skaters that we have, like a lot of the OGs, they just say that they can't skate because of their bodies. Yeah. And I would like to hear from you, like, what's exactly... Like for me, I wake up with pain almost every day. Like uh, my, my right knee is pretty broken. Both the ligaments and the meniscus is a, is a problem. My, my left knee locks up. So every time I stand up, it's gonna go you know, like but, 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 but I can ask you one thing right now. You skated yesterday or two days ago, just a tiny bit, yeah. but how do you feel now? I actually feel all right. Maybe because yeah. it didn't push the way that yeah. skating is because that's something that we've been talking about because you were telling me no for me skating is <laughs> yeah it's like a full power like a it's like when i see other people skate in a bowl and they reach a, a dead point and they stop and do just a small disaster to take yeah. a break for me your run is over yeah i wouldn't like that's the sensation ends there for me Okay. So if I end at the dead at the dead spot, I don't I don't stop. I go okay. up, you know. Okay. Because for me it's the it's the momentum, it's the speed, it's the it's the it's the point between G force and zero gravity, and and the G force, you know, like it's uh, being in the air, feeling weightless. But it's also trying 
as much as you can to move the ramp when you push the corner. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Like you want to, every time that you push, you want to feel like you're, you're, you're powerful I enough want to, feel to do something. The, the energy and the momentum to reach the point of adrenaline that I have to reach, like for me, you know. I get it. You did it again, you do it for yourself, but what about... And that's like one of the reasons why nowadays you can't skate that often. What about adapting somehow your style of skating? Yeah, we talked about that. Like, uh, and it's for sure something that I think a lot about. Like, uh, for example, Kazu from Japan. Yeah. We talked about that. Like, I, I see him do what he does. And I hate it. Because it's so far from what I what I do and what I find but exciting. But you respect what he does. But it? I respect what he does and I envy the fact that he gets a good feeling out of doing that. Yeah. I wish I could get that. But there's a lot of other things that you can do still without putting yourself in the position that you don't move yourself the next day. Like carving a bowl, you can... You, you, like, That's what I do. It's like yeah, when, I, when I go skate, I, I skate bowls. Yeah, but again, you were telling me something that you really love is that adrenaline feeling yeah. that feel like you're doing something. So right before we filmed this, the reason why <laughs> Toto was sweating is like... Tom. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Tom was sweating was like right behind his wall. I got like quite a few skates. So he was testing like four or five pairs, pairs of skates from like... 80 millimeters rocker, 90 millimeters flat, three times 110, the wizard frame. And he was just cruising down the streets. Yeah, it was fun. And like, that's what I'm saying. And then you came in and it's just like, oh, that was so fun. Yeah. See, so what I'm trying to say is like, you ended up putting your skates on and enjoying your skates in a completely different way and still being able to get that adrenaline rush. Maybe not here, wasn't steep no. enough. But we were having this conversation Like two days ago, what I was telling you, like we don't see people doing that, but you see like as an example in surfing, people travel the world for the day that it's going to be that swell eating, whatever, in Namibia. Yeah. People travel from Australia to be in Namibia for five hours of waves. Yeah. What we do, we can go to this place. Again, you can wait for the rain if you want it to yeah. be slippery and go to the craziest hill in the world. And like you get like, that adrenaline rush that very few things in the world will give you and the amount of control that you have on the skates will allow you to do it very few people in the whole world can do it you know what I'm yeah, saying because yeah. you have that control yeah. and you're someone that's control and confidence to do whatever you know. Yeah. so that yeah. could be maybe a different yeah. way to get that adrenaline it doesn't always need to be like doing a 720 twist yeah. or whatever you adapt yeah you also get older exactly So, yeah, get older and, yeah, I don't know, man. Another part of that, like, not skating as much is also, like, a social thing. That's what I think. Like, okay. uh, skating is uh, 50% skating and 50% the people you do it with. But do you mean that you don't relate that much with the people skating nowadays and you don't feel like... Like, my generation just don't skate anymore, okay. you know? And the uh, new generation skates in a different way that... That I it does, it's not appealing for you. It's not really appealing to go to a, a concrete ledge and what for about five hours and do grinds, you know. I can't either. I can't either. Yeah. I would yeah. much rather still to this day go to a drop king rail and try and do that. If you want to take me to a street session, I'm going to do that once 
and then I'm gonna go home with a good feeling that I did that, you know? Yeah, but it is it what about like getting like your crew together and try to just go like for a session like trying to get the same vibe like without yeah. killing yourself. Yeah, but my crew is old and broken, you know. Broken if they want to <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They're always gonna be broken if the the thing is like we're here to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like I'm not saying you're right or wrong no. or I'm right or wrong it's like it's just I'm, a different I, perspective you know. yeah we're having this conversation the other day basically I was showing my ankles to Tom and like dude my ankle is just like a big ball yeah, it's and a like, big ball yeah, yeah. it's just like <laughs> if, if I'm gonna try to skate the same way I skated 10 years ago I couldn't skate yeah. and it came to a point that I used to just say no I can't skate it's basically what you're telling me now I just can't skate And then what did I start doing? I started riding bikes. I started riding bikes and then when I moved to South Africa, I wasn't able to ride bikes. And I somehow, through one of my best friends nowadays, I just found different ways to skate. I told you, like yeah. Greg, this friend of mine, Greg Fraser, used to take me to, there's a rock in the floor, now skate. And like, what, what am I going to do here? Yeah. And then you slowly... I'm not saying it's the exact same as Kazoo or something like that. This job is just an example. I never skated a stone on the floor, but this is an example of like yeah. how you need to push yourself to start doing it and with time start enjoying yeah. it. I guess a lot of times, like you were saying, it's more about having the right crew with you, the people that you can somehow relate with. Yeah. As an example, I'm I'm pretty sure that if you would be living in the same town, we would find ways to to cruise down, yeah, for sure. like downhill, whatever. Yeah, we'll yeah. find ways. It's it's just it's for me I'm sorry man it's just yeah. frustrating like seeing one of my heroes not skating yeah. and, oh, no, no. but don't don't get me wrong I still skate you know like okay. I still go to the park I try to get my kids into skating I like, love it without pushing them they both started skating when they were three years old I always brought them to the park you know and they're good yeah they skate alright they're, they're good yeah you think so thank you yeah, your, your daughter <laughs> like so yesterday I made a video with their kids and Your daughter is like surprised, like at five years old, and then yeah. more than like her skill is her attitude, because yeah. it's it's super sick. Like she was dropping ramps, she's five year old dropping ramps, and she's going like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's celebrating. For yeah. me, that's for me, that's worth more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I, sure. I don't really care. It was the best part of my day yesterday, uh, like just seeing my kids being really happy on the skates. It's sick, man. Yeah. And that's the thing like that I try to do every time that I put on my skates. Like yeah. that trying to kind of like I used to say the same to everyone, which is for me it's it was really hard to explain when you know when you you create those barriers or those goals for yourself that like I want to do that drop rail and then For the week before, for me that happened a lot because living in a small town then when I would, there was like this drop rail or this drop ledge that I wanted to do in Lisbon. And I knew like I was going there on, the Saturday, on Saturday. So I was going on Saturday, I was coming back home on the bus on Saturday night. So I had the day to do it. No matter what, yeah. I was going to try it. So yeah. that those three, four days before, I seriously, I wouldn't sleep. Yeah. In my head, I had all the We're possibilities. The, again, the again. way that I did it, the way that I didn't do it, if I miss like that. Yeah. I knew everything in my head. I would do that, I wouldn't really sleep. And then the day that I tried it, if I landed it, those five seconds before, I could never explain that to any girlfriend, any friend of mine, any 
mom, dad, no one would ever understand yeah. when I tell them like those five seconds right before landing that it's better than an orgasm. It's just like, yeah, yeah. just like the whole thing. But you know, yeah. nowadays I don't get that feeling because I'm pulling your dick for five days and you finally get there, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Yeah, exactly. But nowadays I don't. I don't get that feeling from skating the same way. But I get something completely different by every time that I put my skates on. Call me a clown. Call me whatever you yeah. want. But it's like trying to enjoy every single bit of it. Yeah. Or like even like you go skate. There's like the most stupid obstacle. But if there's someone around. If someone just that never jumped down two steps, trying to feel happy for that one person that never did it to jump yeah, those two steps, like for me, it's it's maybe a completely different thing, but trying to get the positive out of completely different. Yeah, thing. yeah, for sure. It's yeah. There's a lot of joy in seeing other people succeed. I just, yeah. Maybe it's just because of what I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. And now one question that has nothing to do with that. What do you think about the actual state of skating? Because I I'm, think it's great. I'm, I'm asking about this because yesterday we were talking about uh, extreme positivity somehow. Yeah. And you, you, you kind of like told me that some we need a little bit of everything, diversity. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking. You get what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it. I just have to figure yeah. out how to yeah. not make yeah. hit the head on the nail. Without yeah, but, but offending just, anybody. No, 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 I'm going to present, I'm going to say, like, basically we're yeah. talking about sometimes, like I, I was saying, like, a few minutes ago, there's, there's a lot more diversity in skating, but somehow it still happens a lot, if, which is like, if someone is succeeding by being a certain way, it kind of feels like the whole wave goes in that. You know, yeah, they all and, vegan yoga doing whatever, you know, it's like, a, and sometimes they need the bad boys, yeah. And I, I need the bad boys, you know, Jay McFly represent, love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. Jay McFly? So you don't even know, yeah. See, tell me, please. He's a French kid, punk, you know, tattoos everywhere, crazy guy. The one that does the backflip with the. I have no idea, man. This guy's just a cool punk. I love him. Like he's the edge of the edge of the rollerblading scene. I love him. Jay McFly. Jay McFly. He's, he he has another French name. He's a McFly. You know. I don't know. I saw this guy the other. This French guy with some yeah. track pants, just doing backflips out of the ramp, landing like drop knee yeah. shit. Maybe that guy. Yeah, that yeah. guy was sick. Yeah. Uh, just people doing their own thing, you know. Like I feel like people are on the safe track. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like what I'm saying here is like being on a safe track, but you kind of somehow feel like there's need, there's needs of extremes. The yeah, other we way need too. to have some edge, you know. Like everybody can't be kazoos, yeah, or whatever, you know. I don't know. I have a hard time explaining how. Like, I think it's very generic, like the skate crowds, and there is a consensus about where it's going and nobody I feel like nobody disagrees anymore there's nobody like uh, there's still this, people yeah, of course I'm, I'm not that into the scene yeah. to actually know it but when I when I see it from where I am dude with me yeah. everyone is always disagreeing it seems like whatever I do yeah. <laughs> I just made a video okay I just made a video called book of grinds and I got like I got 
shit because there's like actually there's a website called book of grinds and i didn't i made my video about like trying to explain all the grinds and the logic and all that stuff and i got like people just like how can you do that without mentioning the other project i just didn't knew like you yeah. know like it's just, with me it's always happening yeah it's, how can you know you can't win you can't know everything no it's not even that it's just like it's i don't know it doesn't matter but what i'm trying to say yeah. is that it still happens that type of fights but let me ask you something then in your opinion no it's not in your opinion who are your favorite three skaters at the moment at the moment three skaters Who's my favorite three skaters? Matt Heinemann. Matt Heinemann. He's the man. Always doing his own shit. Definition of style. Because he's doing his own shit. Yeah. It he's doesn't... innovating, he's not imitating. I love what he, do, he does. I love his... Uh, attitude. His attitude, his personality, and his view on life and how to get through life, you know. And he shreds. And he shreds. Everything. Everything, yeah. Always full speed, always happy, you know. Yeah. Do you need any other one? You got two more, two more Two more. Yeah, two more. Hmm. Dominic Wagner. He will always be... That's, that's exactly what you... Dominic, I see Dominic as what you are saying that you want to do as a skater nowadays. Like you're telling me that you want to push the corners and slide, like grind along. And like. Yeah, but me and Dominic, we had so many sessions together. No, but what, what I'm saying is like what it does, it's yeah, what you were saying what, that what you, want, is, what you wanted to be able to do. Yeah, if I could still do that, I would be so happy. You know, yeah, if my me body too. would... Uh, <laughs> me not, yeah. my, me's more about the skill than the body, yeah. but... Yeah, but he has uh, the attack mentality. Ah. Yeah. For oh. me, skating is also about attacking your obstacle. Yeah. That's why you cannot go slow. It's kind of like if it's hot, you want to be there last time. Yeah. Lava. Skating the lava. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dominic, Matt, and today who else? I have to say Joe Atkinson, just because he... He does his thing. He does his thing, you know. I have so much respect for him. I like Joe yeah. a lot. I, lo I like Joe a lot and I, I, I start liking Joe more and more over the last, obviously the last two years when he's been traveling more and more. And then one of the reasons why I like Joe so much and obviously he has, he's super skilled and he has always been, he just somehow wasn't able to show it, yeah. you know. But one of the things that for me and for what I do and for what I want to do and for what I want skating to be, one of the reasons why I like Joe so much, it's because, yes, he makes money out of his competitions and all that, and he puts it all in. Yeah. He puts it back into traveling more and getting yeah, better. Yeah. And he's taking the sport to where very, very few people were ever. Yeah, he actually got the ball and he started rolling. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But if he's... But the only reason why the ball is rolling for him, it's because he constantly goes and pushes it. Because he, he could be that guy. Again, I do love what Roses are doing. I do love what Roses is doing. I know that they somehow got like into some type of fight which has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with whatever. 
But again, any other skater, if they weren't happy with something, if there wouldn't be a plan B, they wouldn't drop out. And him, he took the exact yeah, opposite approach. And like, you know yeah. what? I'm not happy. I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the right or the wrong thing to do. but It's I, just I, different ways of doing it. But that's it. He, he put himself in that situation. It's like, I don't see myself in this. So I will keep doing my thing. Yeah. So I do love Joe skating yeah. and what he's doing right now too. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. He's and right before this, as we just said, we, you were trying other types of skating. So super weird. Exactly what Crazy I was. Crazy experience. You have yeah. like a lot of skate control. Like we, I told you this right away. I've seen like pro skaters that have been like they're like the top of the game in aggressive skating whatever they put on they get on big wheels and they don't have one tenth of yeah, the control know, that you they don't really know how to skate <laughs> straight to the point bro. yeah i'm not i'm not hey, well, I mean, that's my opinion like yeah. I, i told him that told ricardo that earlier like uh, a lot of pros are really good at doing tricks but they don't really know how to skate because they never went for a skate they drove to a a college and skated rails all day and they drove no, no, we, home, don't, we, don't have, we don't have colleges in Europe no no but like uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> could be anywhere yeah okay and the, my, so there's, my, there's some like basic skating that they never picked up because they went maybe just straight to the skate park learning to drop in I, I, and I they already you. had the speed to do the box you know like in the day we will, would have to push because there was no quarter pipe you would push to actually make the jump, you know? Yeah. So you had to learn how to skate to actually make it to the ramp and actually have the speed to especially get out of Europe. it, you know? Especially in Europe. Yeah. Especially in Europe because the skate, the, usually our skate parks used to be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our sure. skate parks used to be like... Now, yeah, now Europe is heaven for all kinds of yeah. skate parks or whatever and you want to do. And funny enough, in some places in Europe, we were talking about also about this, it's like, funny enough, some parts of Europe, especially in France, people always question why the French skaters are so good in skate parks, whatever. They have, in general, French skaters have a better base in skating yeah. than anywhere else. I gave you the two examples of like Neumann and uh, Wilfrig Rosignol. They were like two of my favorite French skaters ever. And they come from slalom. Yeah. The amount of control is like... Slalom and free skating in the town, you know? Yeah. But that's, yeah. What I, that's where this conversation was going now. What do you think about the actual state of skating when it comes to big wheels? Would you see yourself... Would you see yourself actually getting a pair of like big wheels and just cruising? Yeah, but I have, a, I have a setup with big wheels at home. Okay. I don't three wheels, four wheels, yeah, three wheels. I think I don't remember. It's like a I don't even remember what kind of brand the frame is or anything. But I use it for the Friday night skate. And would you see yourself cruising out of, out of the Friday night skate just for like the fun of it? Would you, Would you see yourself like imagine leaving the house and like going for some place like going to a, a skate park and instead of going for some grinds, just doing some slides on a flat bank in town or whatever? No. Okay. I, I wish I could say yes, but I don't think that I would enjoy it, you know. Yes. I never I never enjoyed like skating 
as a transportation, like or yeah, maybe as a transportation, but not for a ride. Okay. It's like I don't go for a walk. But but is, so the reason why you do that Friday night skate is to go with your kids. And it's all. to go with my kids to meet all the OGs who also shows up. More like a social thing. While. It's a social thing. It's a my kids get basic skate practice. We skate 10 or 15 or 20 k's, you know, and they get better. They get excited. They are proud that they did it, you know. And you're so, proud for them. But and I'm proud for them, you know. But I could do without it, you know. I'm more there for saying hello to the OGs, having a beer and a smoke, you know, and yeah. Full speed. Yeah, full speed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we gotta go downhill. Come on, downhill. Tell me you set the skate for a downhill session and you'll get it. I live in a flat country. You can go to Lausanne. Uh, it's probably, probably the, still have that fifth floor. Only Holland is flatter, I think. I mean, and I and I think Holland even have more hills than Denmark. But you're about to go from here. You're about to go from from Sinj to the Algarve, where the Anglosers guys live. They live in a part where there's quite a few mountains. They have some big wheel setups. What? It's time to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I like, like back in the day when we would skate in Lausanne, it would, it would be uh, sessions around the downhill. You would take the train and the bus to the top of the city. We would skate downhill from spot to spot. Yeah. Everybody would do the rail or whatever, you know, and when everybody felt like it, we would do the downhill again to the next spot, you know. Just one question. Would you, did, did you ever pay for the public transportation in Lausanne? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no one ever paid. No. I remember like the Portuguese guys. Yeah. One of the only times that I went on public transportation just to go up, I was like, okay, I'm going to pay. Yeah. The other guys that didn't pay got caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never got caught. I don't think I ever paid for... Uh, it was by, because by the, by the Lausanne contest, there was a lot, of more, yeah, a lot yeah, more police. So those guys yeah, got caught. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it was crazy. But back then, it was a, like, for me, the sensation of coming to Lausanne was also being able to skate down you know, and yeah. skate with the street skaters from Swiss Dressing. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. That inspired me to... I saw the Swiss dressing scene and saw something that I never felt before and I had to visit, you know, and I, and I st kind of stayed, you know. That's cool. And now, let's go back to, back to track. We're back on track. Okay, okay, we're back on track. So, you skated for Rosis. Yeah. You skated for Rosis for three years. Yeah, two years, I think. Did they wanted to stop your contract or why did you leave Rosis? Uh, they sent me a contract with half the money that I used to earn. Do, so you, think, do I, you think it was because of the the scene started going? I have no idea. I just got mad and told him I wasn't going to sign it. You know, I was like oh, there was no deal. Okay. And, and where did you went from there? I started. I skated for. Where did I go? I think I skated for Salomon Denmark. Like just a distributor in Denmark for a while. Would they pay as a country? No, they didn't. But because then I moved to the Bauer skate because they would pay me. So and you went from uh, roses to roses to Salomon to Bauer to thinking that it didn't matter and I needed to skate rims only. Like Kato was my friend. It always felt kind of wrong not 
being su supportive of him, you know, even though he could never pay me in anything. So it was like, are you loyal to your friend or do you want to cash in? And for me, loyalty is everything, you know. So, so what skates this skate right now? Uh, the REMS High Resilience 2.0, the last one from this spring. And do you always pay your skates or? No, no, I'm, me and Kato, we're good friends. So like every 10 years, I will ask him for skates. <laughs> and then my last skate was the 09. I skated that for like, uh, yeah. 10 years? Yeah, for 10 years. And you still got the same liner on you? Yeah, then I moved the 09 liner <laughs> over in the new skate. Because <laughs> there's a really good liner with good leather padding and everything, like a different quality. And, and it was actually Kato, Kato brought skates for him to skate a session with me. But when he saw my 09s, he said, no, no, man, we're not going to skate together. You're going to take my skates. And he's a 41 and I'm a 42. So I had to take out his, the smaller liner. liner and put in my own liner. So, yeah. Um, yeah but I, I usually I don't, I don't call for skates. You know, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I got. Hey, you go for a skate. Yeah. like. Not really. Yeah, you don't really need a new one. You can change a part, you know, it's like... Uh, yeah, you went through the whole thing. I, I, I did yeah. too, like that era that you could never change, even yeah. if you had that OG yeah. um, <laughs> aluminium frame on yeah, the roses. Yeah. But in general, you came, you came from the era that no one could change something yeah. through the era that you could start changing yeah, frames. Start changing frames and sole plates or the heel plate, like back in the day, when that was And the rims heel plate when he, when Kato made if that. If you could the, choose a skate yeah. that is like the best skate ever, what would it be? And like, I know that you're really good friends with Kato, but like a skate that you think that somehow changed. Yeah, but that's the salmon skate. Is it? Yeah. Why? Why? Because of the extreme comfort of the many years of liner development in Salomon that just they just implemented in the in their inland skates, and they just felt wonderful. Yeah. And the, for me, the combination of the Salomon frame and the Salomon boot was a perfect balance between speed in the frame and break in the boot. Like today, all is slippery. You, you have no idea what a real backslide feels like. You're just balancing and floating it. That's how I feel it when, yeah. I, when we, I see We will it. get there to yeah. that thing. But when I see someone doing a backslide today, I see someone hovering. You, you can actually control it, but the thing yeah, is... Yeah, you can control but it, but it's a, but it's a, how it's how a more balanced thing in your body than it's a pressure thing in your foot. What about torques on Solomon's? Because with the boot stopping that much like a front side a backside torque okay-ish a front side torque is really sticky some people yeah, could do them really good for me back then it was like a choice do you want to yeah. be able to do that or you want to be able to it do is that true. you know it's like you can't have you couldn't have both sides of the coin like i see today that people do everything yeah they have both sides of the coin but it's another feeling and they do it like the, I, th I, th I think the whole feeling of the grind is different. Yes, like talking about that, we're talking about floating and now and you, you said the word grinding. Yeah. We, you told me that you ate wax. Why? I hate wax. Why? 
Because this is, I'm just asking yeah, that yeah, because for me, a lot of people, this is like, no. And a lot of people is like, no. Uh, inline skaters, whatever, they love wax. Yeah, yeah. And I've, like, I've been talking against it since the uh, first time I saw a guy rubbing something crazy, you know. Like for me, it's uh, grinding is resistance. That's the worst say, grind. Yeah, grind. <laughs> you know, there has to be something, some like... And today, you slide or hover across. Yeah, you can like float. Yeah, across you're floating it. across it. Yeah, the balance is uh, in another place. In it's hard for me to explain because I never got good at like backsliding as a hovercraft. You know. <laughs> you were. What was the skate that you would backslide the best? The Majestic, Majestic is, was amazing for it. Yeah, Majestic was amazing for it, but this, like I said, I think the Salomon was... Uh, Your best backslide best skate. Back, like, best, best backslide skate. And, uh, and the powers? Ah, that just sucked. <laughs> I really didn't like him, you know. What? What did you like about the board? I think it was the way that the heel came down and locked you in, in like a weird position. Like, which which ones did you skate? The green ones? Those respect. Yeah, I think there was uh, maybe the like the golden brownish. It's after that the yeah, respect or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the sole the the sole plate was not like a complete one. It was like a hole to actually yeah. get that feeling that I was talking about in the backslide. But the heel came down like in a weird way, so you. Yeah. It was like a little fin coming yeah, down. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was a fin yeah. coming out. It was really easy to get through that. No? But would you use like a, one of those CDS Detroit heel plates on it? No, no, because that model already already had like the the plate on it. You know? But but back in the day with the Rosa skates, we would put like a yeah, the whatever piece of plastic you could find. Like awesome. a, you would cut a piece of the cutting board from yeah. the kitchen, and you would. Uh, put a few screws in it to to make a flat grind surface. Yes, because it makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, like for alley-oop grinds, it was like the difference between doing an alley-oop sole like this or like this. Yeah, yeah. You are either on the heel or you are on the toe, you know. Yeah. And with the with the sole, with the heel plates back in the day, it put the heel down, you know. And, yeah, you and when you started doing the first alley-oop top sides and stuff, yeah, that yeah. would make a huge difference so that yeah. you could pressure on yeah. your head. Yeah, I guess that's it, man. What what else? Do we have anything else that you? No, I'm not here for me. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you see, do, you see, do you see yourself like still going for those skate sessions, like those full-on skates, like when you're 50? Yes, not as often, but it's like a, that's how I do it, you know. It's like all or nothing. All or nothing. That banishment, like yeah. Vikings, yeah, yeah. you guys need to go for it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I'll ever find pleasure in like cruising slow motion. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I hope I hope I will find pleasure in it someday, but uh, I really don't. Yeah, it's yeah. man. Everyone have their like your truth, your yeah. roots to what you really want to see in skating. Yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. I'm happy. Thank you so much. You didn't do it for anyone than me, but I'm loving it. And thank you so much for me. It was awesome. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. If you yeah. did, well, I don't even need to say anything. You know what to do. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support. Free Boshi. Okay. <laughs>
Do you, do you know exactly what happened to Poshi? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I just got the t-shirt, so I represent. Hey, free Boshi. <laughs> free Boshi. Cheers, guys. <laughs> See you soon.